I'm Levi Morgan, and you're listening to the Manimal Mindset Podcast. Macho Man and what was it, El Diablo? El Diablo. Yes. Mexican fight. You're just jealous that you didn't come up with that on your own. You're right. (laughs) I'm just jealous. That's a good one. All right. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. (laughs) Wait, I hate you. Yeah. Stole my wife. (laughs) Oh, hi, Ricky. How nice of you to stop by. Stop by. This is my house. Oh, you didn't hear? You're getting a divorce. (laughs) I've got to watch that movie. It's been a long time. It's been a forever, and I can still quote it about word for word. Step brothers. Sure. I've seen Wedding Crashers three times in theaters. In it's theaters. good. Mm-hmm. It's good, too. Yeah. It is good movie. awesome. Yeah, it's good. I still use the Uncle Ned's kid thing. We'll be Uncle Ned's yeah. kid. Yeah. Bubba Ganoush. Bubba Ganoush. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Three well, Uncle Chips, war medals off the bridge. <laughs> sounds, like a, sounds like a pretty good day to me. My teacher asked me, what's the capital of North Carolina? And I said, Washington, D.C. Bingo. <laughs> I told her she had a lumpy butt. Lumpy butt. <laughs> yelled at me. <laughs> Golly, I've laughed at that. Uh, you never met Sean Evans. No. He was one of my best friends from Kansas. But my gosh, we'd sit there and watch Step Brothers and Talladega Nights. And he'd quote every he word. Knew every word. Oh, yeah. We were just talking about that the other day in a different podcast with like the incomplete hunter and how movies just totally change people's life. Because like, they do. It really mm-hmm. does. For sure. Like that Incomplete Hunter movie, like we were talking about that, a guy I grew up with, he talked like Willie and Billy for the rest of his life. <laughs> Some of my buddies talk, I mean, they quote Step Brothers in every conversation. Yeah. That's bring, it, it brings joy to your life. Somehow in your warped mind, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that that never leaves. No. Random, funny comedy. I love dumb, like, humor. Oh, yeah. Yes. Some people like, they're like, that's so stupid. But even like Napoleon Dynamite, I like. Awesome. Love it. You ever see that? Oh, yeah. 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 It's been a long time, but it was funny. Michael always says, because he don't like Will Ferrell. No. Michael Neal. He makes fun of me and Russ because we watch it. He goes, God, y'all are stupid. Will Ferrell? He He's my will, favorite. He will not watch a movie no. with him in it. He yeah. don't get it. Uh-uh. He's, That's my, kind of the way Samantha. Samantha likes some of those, like stepbrothers, but then some of them, she's like, it's so dumb. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> That's all me and McCarthy do out there shooting. Oh, yeah. His quote, funny movies. Everybody thinks we're all serious. Telling you it brings joy to your life. Yeah. The uh, the campaign. Oh, my, oh, my gosh. God. When he's sitting at the kitchen table awesome. with his kids. Yes. <laughs> That's my favorite part. <laughs> I stuck a firefly up my butt. <laughs> Why? I want to see my farts glow. <laughs> <laughs> see, I hadn't watched that one in a long time oh, either. Oh, shoot, dude. That's got, what is that, Zach Galifianakis? In yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's funny. Oh, man. Farted in the elevator. What was Something about a war veteran. What was that? Uh, it was in that movie. In the that campaign? Movie? Yes. I haven't seen that one uh, in years. Yeah, I hadn't either. I don't remember that part. Hmm. I should. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why, but I do remember that little part. <laughs> a, war, a war veteran. Yeah, well, we could. I could literally sit here and quote those. I could quote three movies all night. We should probably do that. We were just talking. We should probably do a podcast where you have to ask questions in movie quotes and answer them in movie quotes. Yes. And if you didn't, you lost. Yeah, it would change, be interesting. Change the subject of this podcast and go with it. <laughs> we, we don't even know what the subject of this podcast is. <laughs> the subject is nothing. I'm not sure what time it is. I don't know exactly what's went on today. I mean, we've been going at it for 14 hours, but we've laughed. Uh, Andy Morgan and Russ Lane are at my house for the first time ever. 
I've been coming to Andy's house for how many years? Ten years. Got to be ten. Yeah. So we've been talking about doing this for a long time and hunting season around the corner. We figured we'd do some bow setups, podcast a little bit, see what we could get done. <laughs> we did get a bow tune today. Yeah. What? Three or four times. <laughs> three, yeah. I've changed more top hats and <laughs> restring, well, retie knocking loops, but we got it. We learned a lot, really. We did learn. Yeah. It wouldn't take you that long <clears throat> to do the next one because no. we know. Yeah. Well, it's just so, you know, I don't work on people's bows really to have that longer drawing those specs even mine at 31 it was like that extra half inch yeah and 75 pound mods bringing the heat yeah i'd never seen a bow tune i haven't seen a weak spine like that with a gold tip 250 a 250 spine was too weak yeah and it tuned what a quarter inch knock low Uh it's where it wanted to be and i was like well neither one i was like that don't i don't like the way it looked it was like pointed the arrows pointed at the sky. Mm-hmm. But it shot <laughs> good. It actually did. Did we mess up even? No, like, I moving? think we did the right thing. Okay, I do. I do. We we <clears throat> tore it apart. We ended up <clears throat> going what? It was seventy five pounds. We ended up going back to about seventy two and a half. Mm-hmm. And it shot a bullet hole mm-hmm. and tuned level. And right, but that extra two and a half pounds, that seventy five was just yep. it broke it down. That yep. was amazing. You said it's a you said it's a weak tear. We yeah. just, you kept taking mm-hmm. it down a turn, then a half a turn at a time mm-hmm. to knock the poundage off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it bullet hole. Yeah. Not adjusting the rest. Mm-mm. Just the spine of the arrow and knocking the pound yeah. back. Yep. I just never seen a two fifty <clears throat> gold tip pierce be too weak. It's hard to weak a, I mean, that's a stiff arrow. Yeah. And I shoot, I've shot 78 pounds with that arrow. And I know. I've fire. watched you do it. And that's why I said I yeah. want 75-pound mods. Mm-hmm. If they hit it 76, even better. The bow yeah. pull's smooth and great. That's yeah. not a problem. Mm-hmm. But that arrow could not take mm-hmm. that kind of heat at 31 and a half inches. And the, arrow, I'm, and the arrow's long. Right. And it's the LRPs, too. So it's, it's really heavy up front. So it's yeah. a 515-grain arrow. Yes. But it's like the total weight of that LRP broadhead system up front with the insert, half cert, everything is like 178. So it's that weakens the spine of that arrow a lot. Sure. And so when you're pushing a 31 and a half inch draw, 75 pounds with that much weight up front, it's just, it was too much. Too much. I thought about this after we got done with it and we were, you know, unwinding it and got it down to what, 72 and a half pounds or so. Mm-hmm. What if we wouldn't have been shooting a lighted knot? What if you put a standard in it? Would it have stiffened the shaft any? No. Just the, all the, up front is... Yeah. Okay. The, if you put the weight in the back, it does nothing, but it might even... Some people think it stiffens the arrow up. Okay. So, like, the lighter we'd have went in the back, it would have not helped. It could have got worse. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And so we... I mean, I called Mark Hayes, and I'm like, what am I doing? Because that's a tear I never see, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like... That's not good. You know, it might be crashing into the rest. We went through a bunch of scenarios. <clears throat> the first thing he said was the spine, you know, but that's the first thing we thought too. And turns out that's that's what it was. It's just you just never think that's too weak of an arrow. You don't really have much place to go from there. No, I didn't want to go to a 200. I don't want to shoot one that heavy. What, you could have, <clears throat> what we could have done is went away from the LRPs and went to a regular insert, your arrow weigh about 450, you'd have shot sure. about 310 foot a second, and you'd have bullet hold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is when you get up over about 310, that with broadheads, it starts to become an accuracy problem. You're shooting 286 with a 515 grain arrow, 
that's a very accurate, quiet. Mm -hmm. So quiet. How, how would penetration, like say an elk at 60 yards, how would it be different? With honestly, not much different. Mm -hmm. um, see, like my moose, I shot with a 420 grain arrow mm -hmm. at 88 yards. Really? And blew through it. Like I oh, wow. know, got an XL. People like want to preach, you got to have a heavy, heavy arrow, and it's just false. You really don't. I'm, I would rather have, honestly, like a 515 grain arrow is about as heavy as you'll ever see me go. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Like I've killed so much stuff with a 450 grain arrow. It's like the perfect. Mm -hmm. But we have the option to do that because our draw length's long. You know, we can go heavy. Yes, right. And we can, I mean, obviously, I can. Any more than that, I feel like you're sacrificing efficiency in a bow. I want speed to, I want a small tape. I want to be able to shoot far. I want mm -hmm. there to get there quick. Mm -hmm. But I want to, I mean, Samantha shot a <clears throat> 350 grain arrow hunting with a two inch expandable at 60 pounds and just blew through whitetails like nothing, right. you know. Then you got guys out here like the Tooth Fairy telling everybody, <laughs> oh, gosh. you got to have a 700 grain arrow, yeah. right. you know, and a single bevel two blade and yeah. tournament archers can't win with a hunting bow. Well, false again, you know, <laughs> wrong again. Who, who, who recently did that? Yeah, some guy, I don't know. Yeah. Just because he started setting up hunting bows, you know, <laughs> just to prove a point. Yeah, you know. well. But yeah. you'll have that on them big jobs, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't know. I mean, it was a long day of setting up bows for sure. Um, and as many as I've set up, I, I'll definitely learn something today. That process yeah. never stops, does it? No. I know I did. Oh, my goodness, yeah. yes. I enjoyed it. And it, it was hard to start over after doing what we put in hours and hours on that thing, and we literally just scraped it all off. And, and, and literally, we didn't have to start over. No, because it was a, we thought the problem was not the problem. But... We could have backed the limb bolts off. Could have done anything, yeah. And then just yeah. backed the limb bolts yeah. out a little bit, two pounds, and it would have started changing things. Yeah. yeah. Well, now, I mean, at least it's completely done, though. I would take that rig we set up for you anywhere and hunt with it. I, re I really yeah. would take it, and I'm going to take it in less than two weeks. Yeah, we're like 11 days out yes, from an elk hunt. to Oregon. But honestly, I would shoot tomorrow – and side everything in, and I would take it and be confident with it the next day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just you setting it up and notice that it's paper tuned, that everything is flying good. We slow mode it, and the whole yeah. nine yards rusted behind me with this iPhone, which mm -hmm. that was incredible. I couldn't believe it captured all that in a slow. There was. I didn't realize it could do that. <clears throat> no, he catch it right out of the boat. The yeah. flex of the arrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he did a good job running a camera today. You, the, you the think iPhone? Yeah, you camera. think like you might be interested in doing some work for us we're like getting ready to let somebody go here pretty soon joe, somebody named joe joe joseph joseph yeah. may be ready uh, yeah. to leave yeah. well, he, <laughs> he had some issues with his pixels today yeah. <laughs> meanwhile russ is killing it with an iphone back there in the background <laughs> but that gave me some really though back to the subject yeah, sorry. sorry joe sorry chasing rabbit <laughs> <laughs> but it gave me huge confidence, you know, yeah. that that's right coming out of Levi Morgan's house that that setup is right now. Yeah. And we all, of course, we're watching Levi do the work, but everybody's mm -hmm. brain spinning. But we all kind of mm -hmm. work that out just by like, you're bouncing that off of one another. God, no, what's happening yeah. here? You know, it's flexing, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. It's the strings. It's the cables. It's this. It's that. 
the spine of the era. Yeah. It was a fun process. It really was. I was yeah. aggravating and Levi worked his butt off today. But <laughs> again, they did learn something out of that. And that's new to learn that about that new system and how right. those shafts are reacting. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's genuine, but that's huge, huge, huge information. That's yep. why it's so critical though with that, you know, setting up a turning bow is less critical than a hunting bow because when you're shooting broadheads out of that with an arrow that's too weak, you get in a lot of trouble yeah. with arrows flexing yeah. that much with a broadhead on the end of it. So let me ask you this. So we'd set that bow up like you go into anywhere else and they're setting a bow up. They're not going to set it up with broadheads because mm-hmm. they're not set up to shoot broadheads into their, through their right, paper yeah. and et cetera. Right. So you set that bow up with a fill point. Mm-hmm. Would it have shot a bullet hole? Very likely that it would have tuned perfect because your spine would have been stiffer because it would have been shorter. For sure. And so with that new LRP head, it was giving us a true reading of how that was going to react with the broadhead. And that's why people, you know, in the past tune with field points, and then they add the weight an inch and a half in front of that, weakens the whole spine change. I mean, look what two pounds changed. Mm-hmm. Changed everything. So your system mm-hmm. with with the new, the mm-hmm. new system, yep. Swacker there, and the practice head is mm-hmm. what saved that setup. It's what caused all the frustration, but it was giving us a true reading. Yes. You know, instead of a false sense of this is perfect, and then you go out yeah. and shoot groups the size of a beach ball at 50 yards. Then me broad putting broadheads on when I got home going, dude, I can't right. get anything with it. I don't know. I just right. can't hold yeah. it. Yeah, it definitely made us dig in and before we went outside to get it right because it was just a true – and that's why we did it because of mm-hmm. the frustrations through all the years of broadheads, yeah. you know, you can get away with anything with a field point, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, your tune can be bad, you know, and then you still shoot pretty good groups. Yeah. But when you put steering on the front of an arrow and it's, it's you know, you've got something wrong in your tuning, it's a nightmare. Yeah. And, and like, you just, when you tune with a certain spine and then you go out and shoot with a different one, which is technically what you're doing when you go from a field point to a longer broadhead, um, I mean, it just changes everything, so... So like the length of the LRP head, mm-hmm. does it it can affect the spine right. because of the length. Of it's it just how you're versus. distributing that weight. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. like a like a field point mm-hmm. is what three quarters of an inch long max. It Some gives it leverage to flex. Yeah, maybe. And so the the more you spread that weight out, it just changes. I think they call it the dynamic spine. It doesn't actually change the spine of the arrow, but it's yeah. how the arrow reacts to that weight. Mm-hmm. And so because we've had. Like it's very frustrating to try to paper tune with a broadhead because you're trying to read what the blades are and what the veins are, and it's just a lot of stuff going through the paper. Mm-hmm. And so in the past, we've tried to tune with a field point and then shoot a broadhead through and see what if we could see a reading. Mm-hmm. But with those new heads, you don't have to do that, you know. And outside, they hit. We'll test that tomorrow with you, but with Hooter Shooter, with me, with Randy, with everybody that's tested it so far, they hit all the way out to a hundred with our with our broadheads and in the past we thought that was because of the wing blades but i think now that testing it it's more the spine i think so after what we saw today up. i think that is mm-hmm. a legitimate answer for mm-hmm. that problem yep yeah so it's a cool system it's an expensive system the lrp but my gosh it's so worth it i mean they are built perfect when you get them you know fletched spine aligned um, all the broadheads will clock exactly the same. So if you unscrew one and screw a different one on, it's going to be turned exactly the same. I mean, it's just a very well thought out system. 
I was very impressed too with the build of that broadhead, putting that on your arrow. Just make sure you've got to have yeah. your arrow, you know, everything perfect on your arrow before mm -hmm. you put that broadhead on there. But it was really simple. You built those three that we built really, really quick. Yeah. And everything was, I mean, the tolerance is tight. Everything mm -hmm. put, it spun perfect. Yeah. I was even impressed with the packaging with the arrows came in the box. Yeah. That came yeah. In. I mean, it's, you don't jack your fletch up. Yeah. It was a cool idea that we had years ago. We called it built to shoot at first because we were going to have so many more options, but then it turned into just this LRP custom build, mm -hmm. like what we felt was the best. So I, that's what I use all year last year, testing it, and it was flawless for me. And so we're they're actually available now, mm -hmm. TAC mm -hmm. and Swacker. But, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Custom pretty ammo. Cool it's the yeah. same thing in the rifle. Yeah. That's what I told Lee. I said, it's, it's like a same custom thing. bullet. Yeah. yeah. It's what it is. Yeah. So what, like, do you think they're, that might, that system, since it's so efficient and uh, shoot so well, like that might open up a door for more air companies to bring a 200 spine? I, I think so. And I'm not sure. I know there's some that do like a 200 spine. Uh -huh. But I think it's needed, you know, in certain areas. Um, the problem is there ain't many human beings that have over a 30-inch draw, so they cater yeah, to your I see. average. I mean, yeah. you got to cater to the average. To the 300, four, I mean, even a 250 spine is not like a very popular yeah. spine. Mm -hmm. They're not everywhere. And so it's right. – um, but I think the system the, the of the front is the strongest the way we built, put those broadheads together. And so we're going to do different models and different options in that. We're going to expand from there. Mm -hmm. um, I think we need a lighter option too, for what we ran into today. I do too. Um, so we're going to, we're going to definitely look into that. Cause I learned a lot today doing that. And the main thing is one size don't fit all as far as weight goes. I think mm -hmm. we needed more, we needed more like room to play and take weight away a yeah. little bit, you know, whether it's a breakaway insert or what it is. And yeah. I would really like to have been shooting another 10 to 15 feet a second, honestly. I was I was hoping to bump right yeah. at that 300, 300. line. Right. It just gives you a little more room for air on your right. ranging deer, take a couple yeah. extra steps right. and, you know, I mean, you, you could, two yards, right. you could you could pretty much miss. Yeah, and I mean, I think you could go to that same arrow with a, just a standard uh, 261 head mm -hmm. and insert. And you would be at that 305 to 310 mark. Oh, yeah, I do too. With a 440 grain arrow. And a perfect tune. And a good tune. It would be stiffer. Out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's definitely an option, and we can do that. I got all the stuff to do that here tomorrow. So that's just kind of like personal preference. You know, what do you want? Are you looking for more, a little more speed? And I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. So yeah. You no. have that ability at your draw length and, yeah. and poundage. Yeah. So. I'm up now. I'm gonna shoot that LRP and hunt with it this year. It's just a cool system. Yeah. Do you guys? So like y'all seen like the frustrations today, and like it's just my life in there in that archery room. Like I've thrown stuff and yelled, and <laughs> we were and giggling all day, me and Russ. Where yeah. we didn't let you see it. We're like, uh, does this ring any bells? I was sweating. So my question is, are there days like that with y'all? <laughs> with with like. Um, when you're when you're trying to get ready for a tournament or get bud, your stuff right, bud, there's years like that. Yeah, not just days. There's years like that. No, I never get frustrated whatsoever. <laughs> I never pitch. Boy, well, I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> My marshals never see fits. Yeah. My cameramen never see fits. You ever break stuff? Me? Yeah, like over your knee, like break a rod. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yes, yeah, I guess mm -hmm. it was two years ago at Chickamauga. The first three bites I had, I either broke them off or lost them. 
and I <laughs> fired out in a brush pile. I could see him on my live scope. I fired out there watching my bait go down, and like one came up to meet it, and he's got it swimming off. I set the hook, load up, load the rod up, got him coming. He comes off the worm weight, about a three-and-a-half-pounder. I don't have one yet. Home lake, mm-hmm. and it's two-and-a-half hours into the day. I mean, period's fixing to go out in like two minutes. <laughs> First bite that I've got, I'm like, I've got you. It jumps, throws that worm weight and hook, hits me in the temple. <laughs> I don't. It's so fast coming. I, I knew it came off, and I thought it broke my line, and it hits me right here in the temple. I'm talking like a shot. Pow! And when it hit me, all I saw was rage. You know what I mean? It's like somebody yes. jump up and hit you. You're walking yes. through the movie theater. Somebody hit you. Well, it's a fight. You don't even know who yeah. you're fighting. So I... All in one <laughs> swoop, I broke the rod across my knee, took it, and javelin through the pieces, rod, reel, and all as far as I could. I'm talking, <laughs> kaloosh. I'm talking this all happened in a split second. I didn't even know what I'd done. Oh, dude. Why couldn't that have been on live? Dude. I would give anything. Dude, I was so irate furious I, I didn't even know my name that's just the most recent one i guess i don't think i've had any real bad coming hearts in the last year or six months but yeah i've done that off and on my career you don't know what hits you sometimes yeah when it's not going good and you expect it to really go good nothing really surprises me but when dumb stuff like that happens <laughs> yes. and it just lights your fire well you it know? seems like when something starts going wrong oh yeah it's just some of like today yeah, it's no it was like couldn't get it right all day then you think you've got it whooped at the end of the day and it just keeps coming you know it's just like some days yeah. you just gotta laugh and start over i knew when joe walked to the end of the range we're shooting this afternoon he goes well it's getting worse yeah yep i mean some of the i mean there's nothing anybody can do really it's just like what do you do crap yeah. happens so yeah. i get i throw the rod <laughs> i look over there it made me even matter because it floated I could see it. <laughs> you wanted it to go to the bottom. Absolutely. Yeah. You never wanted to put your eyes on it again. Never again did I want to see it. And look, and it's nice I know stuff. What you mean? I know. Not, not the equipment's fault. Yeah, I just it was. lost my mind. Yeah, it was. I oh, go over there. I, I said, get it together. I troll over there. By the time I get to it, he's got <laughs> 10, 9, 8. We're winding down. I don't have a damn keeper on Chickamauga in June. He's like, lines out, Andy. You're like, I'm trying to I'm get trying my rod. To get, yeah, well, yeah, lines are in. Yeah, rod, reel, lines, and all are in. What so the, I pick are, it up, and I get that. I pick yeah. it up, and I throw it. In. I actually, I take the reel off. <laughs> take the reel off, put it in a rod locker. Take the broken rod, put it in the other side of the rod locker. Yeah. Get a deep breath, lines out. I said, thank God. Gave me 15 minutes to decompress, to get my shit to cool together, down, to cool off, get it. And it was a perfect timing. Yeah. And I said, okay, all right, now mm-hmm. I put up all of my deep stuff. <laughs> I wrapped it up. I put it in the rod box. I said, we're going to the bank. I'm going to pick a flipping stick up and live or die by the sword. Yes. I went to the next place, caught two, three and a half pounders. Went to the next place, caught a five and a half pounder. Oh, son, I'm beating my chest like I'm King Kong now. I said, come bring it on. <laughs> and I smoked them the rest of the day. 
Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I got a, like a pistol to my head going, why yeah. didn't you start doing this? <laughs> it's good to get pissed. It is. I mean, yeah. but it drove me to go, mm-hmm. let's go back to the old way stuff yeah. you really enjoy. Yeah. And really, really super like to do yeah. mm-hmm. that you've had 90% of your success in yeah. your career. Mm-hmm. And it all fell into place. Yeah. I mean, that, that kind of today when I, I think I've learned and I started feeling like that when everything starts going south, it's just like sometimes you're like, hey, Let's just take a minute. Let's start completely over. Yeah. We'll do it better anyway. It's going to work out. You know, and it's yeah. just like that. It's like sometimes you need that. But I think it's a it's a mental thing, too, because a lot of people just give up. Oh, yeah. yeah. When that happens, they just say, you know what? This sucks. Let's go home. You know, and I see it in, in what I do a lot. When things start going south, they're just like, ain't my day. You know? Yeah. We call it slinging gravel. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> A guy gets to about one o'clock in a weekend team tournament, and they ain't got them. They put it on the trailer and sling gravel. They don't want to be there to weigh in. Dodging the way in. I don't sling gravel. No, I ain't got that in me. I mean, I don't either. I've been beat up so bad during the day, so many times, and literally may not even have a keeper at one o'clock and pull it out. Yeah. And catch enough and learn enough in a couple of hours that the next day I make a comeback and I, I land where I need to land. Yeah. yeah, I've won tournaments before and never have a keeper until yeah. super, super late in the day. You just got to keep yeah. digging. Yeah, well, I've had people come up and tell me, you know, don't worry about it, man. There'll be another tournament. And I'm like, this one ain't over yet. That's right. You know, they're already counting me out. But I yep. just don't, I don't have whatever that is. It's like, you know what? We'll just give up and start over again uh-huh. sometime. You know, as far as like, I'm like, I, I'll i regroup, take a deep breath. But like, I never, I, I just can't let it get me. I always I feel like just, I lose. You do. If yeah. you give up, you lose. Mm-hmm. It's over yeah. at that point. So yeah. your day, you pack up and go to the house. Yeah. I always picture the bullfrog and the blue heron, the old photograph, Never get up. The old blue heron's yeah. choking that bullfrog down, but the bullfrog's reaching outside of his mouth and got him by the neck. <laughs> you ain't going to yep. swallow me today, dog. Yep. <laughs> you might have me in your mouth, but you yep. ain't, I ain't going I ain't down going your throat. Not without a fight. <laughs> not without a fight. Uh, and yeah. Honestly, that's what this comes. If you pick something as a career, you have to be willing to choke the mm-hmm. crane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the best tournaments, though, seem to be not the ones where you show up and practice and everything's clicking and – like, oh, man, I'm getting bites here, getting bite there. Actually, all you're doing is setting yourself up for failure sometimes by getting dialed in so quick. 100%. Because you're on a dying deal. I mean, tournaments are six, eight days long, you know, counting practice. <laughs> the best tournaments start off grinding, and yeah. they start to develop, and it gets easier and easier. But if you gave up too soon, oh, threw in the towel, you would never mm-hmm. reach that point to where it flows. Yeah. You got to fight. You do. You mm-hmm. do. You ever have any bad fits, Russ, on the water and break stuff? I've, I've punched a few units and. <laughs> yeah, it's been bad. Oh, I could see it. I just fun fish and I get mad. Yeah. I can't help it. I just. Well, I get mad when things don't go right. But I I get to a point and I draw it in. You do. And I try to. Uh, I don't know. I try to balance that into focus yeah somehow or another yeah. and it don't always work but it at yeah. least at least if it doesn't work i'm still trying I've you know s- i've <laughs> seen people throw some of the god awfulest fits mm-hmm. gillingham mm-hmm. i mean <laughs> i mean a real 
It's like uh, I'm talking about some fits that my five-year-old couldn't rival. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I watched him one time for the Triple Crown. I beat him for the Triple Crown, and he stuck his stabilizer in the ground, broke it off, <laughs> threw his bow, and pulled his hair out with both hands. Oh, Grown man. That's mad. <laughs> talk about mad. And I just like kept stepping back. Me and Chris Acker yeah. was like, whoa. That's a man that wants to win. Though. He's yeah. passionate. Dude. Yeah, it is. I'm That's talking about. Now, I mean, like, he wore them old visors, looked like Danny Tanner on Full House. That cur- Danny looked like Tanner. He had a, looked like he had a perm. He reached up and <laughs> started pulling the hair out with both hands. I was like, my Lord, this is another level right here. But Danny Tanner. I've always had a thing, though, and I, I don't and they, I don't hardly break that much. I might cuss a little bit. and break, That rod breaking, that doesn't happen often. I don't like to let anybody see me bleed. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, and it's eating me up. If I don't yeah. catch them, mm-hmm. it makes me furious. Yeah. Yeah. I handle it well. And I'm like, you know, you ain't going to keep me down forever. I'll be back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if it's five, four, three, two, mm-hmm. one, it's winding down. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying because I don't know any different. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm still intense. I know it's over. I know I'm probably doomed, yeah. but you never know. But man, I, I just don't like to, I ain't going to lose it. No. I ain't never gonna lose it with the camera on me and throw a John Tom fit. Right, yeah. that just ain't gonna happen. I respect guys that can control that. Like, yeah, like you know, I grew up playing ball. I was a pitcher, and uh, I was I, I used to always try to, or I was I would remind myself about Tom Glavin. If y'all remember Tom, mm, absolutely. Glavin. That guy, you could you could turn on the TV, and don't look at the box score. And you would never know if if the Braves were five runs ahead or five runs behind. If you looked mm-hmm. at Tom Glavin's face, you never knew where he was at. He was as even-keeled as could be. And when he got in a jam, it was the same expressions, same everything. And I used to always think, that guy right there has got it together. If you can, if you can capture that mentality, you can be, probably be – consistent at whatever you do yeah but i couldn't do it he was one of my favorites he was awesome he was unreal he was awesome but it was a it was a mental thing i believe with him um yeah you know he was i mean he he had of course he had good stuff but he didn't have overpowering stuff right i mean he, he was a mental he was yeah, a but mental it's, pitcher in competition it's so frustrating to, to feel like you beat somebody and for them to not look like you beat them mm-hmm. it, i mean that's disheartening you know, yeah, I know what you mean. It's like uh-huh. I'm beating this guy, and it is not phasing him, right? You know, yeah. those are the ones that it's like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, you can't get him, yeah, you can't rattle him. You know, I might hit one off, I might just knock a dinger into the yeah. freaking upper deck. Mm-hmm. He don't look phased, you know, and that's yeah. kind of what. It's so funny to me, like the mental side of competition or really anything, which is what this whole podcast was all about, is diving deeper in, like the manimal mindset thing. And as I said it with Riley, it's not that we're like, I don't think I'm a manimal or something stupid like that. It's just a mindset that you attack big moments with. Right. And so Mm -hmm. like you guys are in fishing rush, yours is fishing and baseball because you had a a pretty dang good career in in baseball, Mm -hmm. but it's like so consistent throughout anything, like how Mm -hmm. successful people attack those moments, you know? And it's funny because stuff I even know, now that I've got, you know, Landon and Jax and kids coming up through sports and I'm trying to teach them yeah. how to be men. Like right now, probably more so than anything, I'm working with Landon on the mental side of 
I noticed holding that today it together when y'all were shooting. Yeah, I was impressed. Yeah, well, I just try not to put so much emphasis on the result right mm-hmm. now and more of because he gets he's so hard on himself. You seen him? He's tearing up out there. Like, oh, yeah, I know. I it. said, son, you know, where your expectations are unrealistic right yeah. now. You know, it's like, but when he's pitching or doing something like that, it's like you have got to have the key to your mind and you can't give it to nobody else. And like what we you talked about, like you can't show weakness. Right. I said, if somebody hits a double off you and they take the lead and you're out there on the mound crying, pitching a fit, we think they're thinking in the dugout. Mm-hmm. We got him. We got him. Yep. They smell blood in the water. They it's do. over. They see it. Mm-hmm. But if you just stand up there and you strike the next three guys out and walk off there, like bring it. Yep. I was no, I was a lot like Landon, really a, lot, a ton like Landon when I was a kid. I couldn't take losing. Mm-hmm. I'd tear up and I'd be furious, mad. And we could be playing dodgeball, right? Yeah, and I could mm-hmm. get out. So if I was a pretty good athlete, and I would, I just couldn't handle it. It's like, okay, you're gonna beat me now, but if I get a chance, yes. I'm going to beat you a thousand to nothing, <laughs> yeah. and I'm gonna rub it in, and that's what mm-hmm. I live for. I'm like, yes. hey. I'll get you next time. Yeah. I'll be better than you when I show back up. Yeah. I'll be better. Yeah. And that's driven me my whole life. But as you get a little older, you get to where you can handle that and yeah. channel it where you need to where that's it needs right. to go. Mm-hmm. But it's from being in a bad place about mm-hmm. it that you know, hey, yeah. I gotta control this. Yeah. Right. If I'm gonna do this for a profession, I gotta act like a professional. I gotta do things that's not gonna embarrass me for sure. or any of my support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's you have that has to fall into place. And right. Well, it sucks to lose. Yeah. It it's not fun. I mean, it just sucks. Yeah. I mean, everybody's like, it ain't all about winning. And it is not in a way, but but it ain't fun to lose. It's damn sure no, not about losing. Yeah. It's yeah. not about that. Exactly. And that's, you know? that's where I don't, you know, even with coaches when they're like, guys, let's just have fun and play the game. And I agree. It should be fun when you're 10 years old. But at the same time, I've seen so many people, and I compete against them, that got used to losing. Right. And got numb to losing. And now it's like they're okay with it. Yeah. That's not a good place to be in, in anything, in my opinion. I think you should always be trying to win at what you're doing. You know, and and so, like Landon, we were in bed the other night, and he's talking, and we have, it's kind of cool now, he's like having adult conversations, (laughs) and he's like, you know, Dad, I got in trouble in school last year. And I'm like, is that right? I didn't hear about this. He's like, yeah, I got yelled at, and it was the worst I've ever been yelled at in my life by my teacher. He said, she said, I was just way too competitive with my classmates. And I said, well, the next time she says that, just tell her to call me. That's right. I said, call, I'll explain. Probably my fault, you know. Yeah. But but it is a thing where you have to learn to lose because you're going to fail more than you win in, yeah. in, in this stuff. Of course. Well, I do think you have to learn to numb your emotions. Yeah. Because yeah. you've got to get through those big moments and you got to get through, uh, you got to get through bad moments. Yeah, and you you still have to come out with your self respect and your mm-hmm. dignity, and you still have to have some. You have to have a winning attitude for sure. And you and you yeah. if you, you get beat, mm-hmm. shake the man's hand, the yeah. lady's hand that beat you, and act like that's right. <laughs> you know yeah. that you. Hey, I appreciate yeah. the game. It's yeah. great competition today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the back of your mind, going to be, I'll, I'll get you next. Yeah, that's right. Me and I'll Andy be back. Talked about this a lot. Like, there's one. There's one common ingredient for people that are highly successful in in sports or you know fishing or whatever competition. They they all had a dad that 
that worked on them on the mental side mm-hmm. competition and kept them centered, kept them focused, kept them on an even keel. That's right. And anybody anybody you interview in here that's an athlete that is highly successful, they've got that. Mm-hmm. From somebody. From somebody. Yeah, a usually a dad. Some some moms, like Aaron Martin's one of the greatest. That's God, I miss him so much. But his mom was that was that person. She spent so much time with him and, and helped him, you know, stay centered and focused. But, you know, if you can if you can learn that, the earlier that you can learn that mindset, yeah. the stronger you're going to be, for mm-hmm. sure. I'm a firm believer. In that. Yeah, that's the hardest part. It is the hardest part. You know, and that's why I'm like, yeah. this is something you got to get down because it don't matter how talented you are. Yeah. If you're weak up, up top. Yeah. Yeah. You, ain't, you ain't going to make it. Yeah. So I had a big league arm. I mean, I threw an above average major league fastball and I did not make it. And it was purely because of mental. Right. In, you know, well, there's no, aspects. you know, if you don't have somebody that's kind of lived that to mentor you through, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no really clear way to mm-hmm. learn it. Mm-hmm. No, no, you know, unless you're, so, you're somebody is with you that's been through the fire of it of the mental side of that. And that's what I, I love the most about, cause I want to learn from everybody yes. because even this past week at IBA worlds, you know, I still get that feeling like I'm not good enough. Those doubts creep mm-hmm. in just like they do probably pitching. Yeah. St- if you let those doubts creep in or whatever mm-hmm. that like, yeah, he's going, you know, crush me right here. But then it's like, because I've been forced to voice these things with Landon teaching him, it's like almost me learning it over again. It's like me practicing what I'm preaching now. And I'm out there on the line this week, and it's like coming down to the end, and I'm starting to feel that inside, like that sick, miserable feeling like I could throw up in a mm-hmm. trash can. And I'm like, you know what? I'm the one holding the key here. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm just, why not just close it out? You know, right. and you can change. It's so crazy how powerful your mind is when you can flip that switch from scared trying not to fail to attack mode. Oh, yeah. You know, instead of protecting this lead I've got, why don't we just blow it away here Yeah. and hit the last five? You already know how to do it. Right. So just focus on that. Right. And that's Mm. archery is such a, you know, so many people are playing it, trying not to miss instead of trying to hit what they're aiming at. Mm -hmm. And when you go to trying not to miss, first thing you do is miss prevent defense yeah Yeah. give them 10 yards that's right give them 15 fishing for checks can get you in trouble oh yeah yeah Yeah. i've done that so much that's one thing in my career that i've been super weak at that i'm a check grabber i've all i was always so focused on honestly not going broke that's the one thing like we Mm -hmm. you know we've talked about before Staying inside the boundaries of being a professional, which is making a living doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I started out with a $5,000 Visa credit card. Mm-hmm. And I said, if I ever get to where I'm 5000 down and I can't pay my credit card bill, I'm done. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, my mom and dad owned a plumbing and electrical supply house. I'll fall back. I'll, I'll work there. And I was until 2003. And I never failed to get pay my payment on the five thousand got close real yeah. close yeah but i i was always a guy that's like okay i ain't catching anything i don't know crap about where we are i've never mm-hmm. been here and i would figure out a way 
to scratch by and get a check. Mm-hmm. But when you're doing that and you fall into that, that little deal there, mm-hmm. you're not winning. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, because you've no. taken yourself out of that play, yeah. but in my instance there, it was survival, but I've had times when it's came around and things are clicking. And I'm like, uh Oh mm-hmm. oh yeah. Uh Oh, mm-hmm. well, now, I think there's time to protect a check. There he is. There he is. I, no. sure. Because it was big losses. You know, we still have big entry fees back then we had, right. which was, I don't know. I can remember the first $1,800 entry fee that I could have paid and went to, and I ended up still like in the top 10 in the points. Right. It was in the FLW, and I was just a kid. And $1,800 entry fee. I said, I ain't paying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I don't get a check, I know. I don't know that I can sustain that loss. Right. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I didn't go. It was at Kerr Lake, yeah. which I probably would have busted them. But yeah. back then, I, was, I didn't want to go broke. Yeah, that's yeah. a big game. I wanted to keep going. I'm like, man, if I don't get one there, I might, not, I might be done. Right. You know? I was I was holding true that hell I was broke. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. bottom line. And, but you know, I think it's a, I it's a that's another common thing. Like you talk about somebody there to coach and work on the meal. Another common thing I think of people that are really great at what they do is they didn't have a plan B. They didn't sure. really have a backup. Yeah, I didn't. They were all in. It's all I yeah. know. <laughs> I'm stuck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you make it work, or you don't. You know I mean, I don't. I don't agree with like. I mean, tell your kids what you think you need to tell them. But I personally haven't told my my kids to have a plan B. Yeah, yeah. Cause Same, I. No, I just don't. I think if there's something you want to do, you focus on that. If it right. don't work, then go find something Cause else. Because you, I don't think that. you can ever be fully invested in what you're doing if you're at the same time working on a backup plan in case this don't work out. Well, I mean, you're you know we're we're, we're giving advice here is. I, the old saying, the purest of gold was first tempered by fire. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we're all, your dad, mm-hmm. my dad, Russ, you've got background that you, we've been tempered. Yes. We've all been mm-hmm. burned yes. to where you finally, you, you, you fall into this niche to where you can find success, but it's going to cost this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're tempered by fire by mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of that, the fire is the bad experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, I I was quitting, been pushed to the edge, you know. But I almost think that's when I it clicked for me. Oh, no doubt. You know, backed in a corner. This is it. Yeah. Now or never. A lot of stories. I'm going broke like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going broke. This is it. Yeah. This is what I've got to do. That's even in business. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Keith yeah. Keith Kelly's business story. Another one. I think I've told you about it. But some. I mean, just so many times people get backed in that corner, no way out. Mm-hmm. It just they figure it out. Figure it out. I turned the corner when my daughter was born in 2002. That's when I'm like, uh, that happens a lot. I'm like, don't it now? Yep. It's now mm-hmm. or never. Yep. Press the gas and don't let up. Mm-hmm. You got more. You got somebody else relying on you. That's yes. right. The the responsibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, just that. It gives it gives me chills thinking about it. But it's mm-hmm. like. When that happened and she was born, mm-hmm. I'm like, now, bud, you, you got yeah. responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, that was my, my, totally my turning point yeah. for sure. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta go now. It's, mm-hmm. there's no backing up. How many guys over the years that they, that they had a child and they won that season? It's happened a ton of times. It's incredible. It's like mm-hmm. almost automatic. Ain't it? Really is. It really is. Yeah, I think it causes something in you to. It do. does. It's As a fire. A dad, it's like you're the provider, and mm-hmm. it's a fire. Yeah. 
You got to fight. Mm-hmm. You got to fight, dude. Yeah. Yep. It changes your whole. <laughs> uh, it changes your whole mind, but it changes your whole life. It's the right. You're, you're twisted in a knot now. You care for your wife, but you really care for yourself pretty hard too. Mm-hmm. Now, it's hard to be selfish. You're not anymore. Yeah. It's, so it's <laughs> yeah it's hard to be selfish it's mm-hmm. a funny thing what we do too it keeps us on the road so much but it's like yeah. you're doing it for them yeah but it's getting them to understand that there's no choice there's no yeah. choice now i mean it's yeah. like there's no stopping it <laughs> no. i mean really i mean what are you gonna do walk away from it and then what still don't have a backup plan <laughs> all these years later yeah. there's no backup yeah. plan. you gotta grind at something else that's yeah. right yeah you just thought you knew broke you fix to know it oh, again yeah yeah <laughs> right no doubt. yeah i mean that's um there's no no handbook for it that's for dang sure. no and the grind still continues everybody thinks they want to do whatever there is for a profession the grind never never no. stops no. and just like us this year we had decent years it's uh the year's actually been pretty pretty fair we started off good in florida this year yeah. and had yeah. me and russ both have a, had a good tournament there yeah and, and that's one of these instances that falls back kind of in my lap that you never stop i caught a six something a six five with less than 20 seconds oh, I mean, left yeah you did i turned it off awesome. i was so mad at myself i thought it was, i gave up on you so and i'm, I'm sorry the grind <laughs> well, I did. It's it's like, over. okay bud you'll get them next time <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it yeah, yeah you'll get them next time bud i think you're going to murray next yeah. good yeah. luck but i mean you never turn that off right and and i i, I promise you it was a weird deal but <laughs> There was a patch of reeds there that I'd caught some fish around, but I haven't dropped over in it. In my mind, the whole time, I'm going up this little grass line. I'm like, I get to that patch of reeds, I'll get a bite. And it goes, you got 30 seconds. And I can remember 30 seconds. I said, shoot, I got just a nine, probably five pitches in there. Mm-hmm. When he said 30 seconds, I could I made it real windy. I made the pitch over in that patch of reeds. And as soon as it hit, and my line had a big bow in it, and it went, tick and i thought right there and i didn't lost one pretty good one that day in my mind i went you ain't getting away i got you yep i knew when it bit it was a big one and i knew i catch it and if it's over four pounds i'm in and when it bit and i bowed up and i had it coming it got stuck in the reeds and i never let up on the troll and went right over straight picked it up put it in the boat yep that's it you got 15 seconds Six, six something. Six That's something. a perfect Cold example and half pounder. of when your mind is right and you're staying focused and aggressive, whether it be 30 seconds left or three minutes left. If my mind is not right and I'm in a negative frame of mind and I've got three minutes left, I pick apart what's in front of me. Yeah. But if, I, if I'm in an aggressive frame of mind, right. I crank up and I run two and a half minutes to make three casts. Those five on, pitches in a reed head. On an odds places on an odds place that I know I'm probably gonna get a bite. Yep. Like I'd rather have three casts right here than three minutes on this. Absolutely. Nothing. And that's that's a perfect example of what happens when your mind's right. hundred percent. hundred percent. And you know, that that tournament for me there in at Kissimmee, I had bounced a five pounder off the side of the boat the first day of competition mm-hmm. and I ended up with like yep. twelve pounds, but I was outside the cut line. Yep, I remember. So I went and Busted my butt the next day yeah. and caught like 14-something, mm-hmm. scratched by, and I made it into the cut in 20th place. Yeah. Just did make the cut. Yep. 
and, and that, then busted them and the rest of the busted time. them the rest of the week. And he did yeah. a fifth, got a good check out of it, and rolled yep. on. Yep, <laughs> that was a that was a good way to start the year. <laughs> it was. That was a good way to keep get that momentum going. Are y'all done for the year? Thank goodness. Except for cups. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. What about? Did you guys? So what about the heavy hitters? How'd that turn out? Not good. Not good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my heavy hitters. You're talking the one we fished. No, no. I'm talking about for next year. Don't you have to qualify for heavy hitters? Yeah. Yes. You missed it by a half a pound. I and did. I missed it by three quarters of a pound. Yes. Sorry I asked. Next subject. <laughs> Thanks, Levi. <laughs> I mean, my, we bled out on this one. My, I actually caught a big one everywhere we went except for Douglas. Yeah. Douglas, my biggest fish was a 2.5. I just couldn't catch a big one this year. Mm-hmm. Caught a lot of bass, uh, but I did not catch any big ones. When you go to Florida and you come out of there, and you and I ended up fifth in Florida, and I never caught anything over like 6.5, but I caught like three of them. Yeah. yeah that hurts you a little right. bit because you need to catch a big one down there to get some yeah. momentum because yeah. you're, you're going to have a tournament. You're not yeah. going to catch a big one. Right. Then we went up uh, where else? Uh, Douglas and the four pounder was a big one, and I right. caught a four. You did. Uh, then we went to Murray, and I caught a six pounder at Murray, but yep. you needed to catch a seven at one of those two. Yeah. And long story short, the rest of the year I caught four pounders, and that yeah. doesn't do it. So yeah. well, a lot of those, you know, like the northern lakes, you were y'all were largemouth fishing for the most part. Yeah, and yeah. the big fish were smallmouth, and a lot of like yeah, you yeah. were going going on numbers games, like trying to get yeah. five four pounders or yeah. five three and a half, yeah. Or, yeah, four and three quarters, right? Yeah. Well, the thing about when you go up north, everybody's going to catch the same size. Everybody's going to catch a four or something. Yeah. yeah. So when you go, you gain no ground. Right. Yeah. You got to yeah. gain your ground at like the southern lakes, hundred percent catching yes. big large a giant, Murray, a Florida. Seven. Yeah, and just some place like that, you need to catch a seven or now. You get an eight early in the year somewhere, mm-hmm. you're probably going to make heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. Like you know? a couple of years ago, uh, I f- we went to Travis, like Lake Travis is a, oh yeah, pretty much a small fish it's lake, giant, but it is a Texas lake. Well, I the last few minutes of practice, I found a giant on bed <laughs> and caught it first cast. It was like an eight. That's a clear. So, it was a real clear line. Real clear, yeah, like yeah. a seven fifteen. It was seven fifteen. I remember. I'm like, was. good God, Russ has already caught an eight pounds. Well, that fish carried me all the way through heavy hitters because yeah. most, like the average big fish there, was probably like three pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's you can. I mean, one bite, one can big be, one can you be can big and roll through hitter. that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But it was a good year. I mean, we had had our ups and downs. Don't get me wrong, but it was it was pretty solid. Yeah. Do you think? I know there's been a lot of it's kind of been a year of controversy in bass fishing. I knew that one was coming. I, I don't even know if I should bring it up, but I yeah, did it no. anyway. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, do you guys, so like, I don't even know if people listening really know the controversy, but it's the bed fishing smallmouth stuff. Do you think that's probably going away in the MLF just because of the controversy? Well, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, that was the biggest backlash I think that I've ever seen in bass fishing. It's been a pretty tough year in the industry overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, your tackle companies aren't doing great. Boat sales and stuff. Interest rates are up. Then this controversy starts up over it, a lot of an integrity issue among yeah. several other anglers. And there, the the Cayuga deals was exactly what you're talking about. Was a tough lick for bass fishing in general. It uh, yeah. opened up a lot of doors that we didn't really want to see opened up as far as. It, it the format that we have is catch way release. Mm-hmm. So you have a smallmouth bed fishing tournament. Right. These fish bite more than once during mm-hmm. the day. 
And the rule states, as we get into this, the rule states that you can't visually catch that bass more than one time a day. Right. Well, that was happening because you had guys rolling up there saying they couldn't see the fish, backing off of the same fish and blind casting to mm. it, catching it twice a day. Right. Whether they could see him or not or however you you make that out, that uh, that was a pretty good black eye. Yeah. And it's, in it my, wasn't a good look. It was... It was, uh, it just went against the spirit of our, of our rule. Like, right. you know, our rule is don't catch, don't intentionally catch a bedding fish more than once a day, the same one. And I mean, for everybody that watched the live covers, there was guys that did that. And in my opinion, they lost their integrity that week. Now they can gain it back. And some of them already have gained, gained it back, but, uh, they cost they cost some other guys that did the right thing some places for sure. some points and stuff and and two they robbed the fans of seeing just say a guy like Andy that was catching 20 pounds a day of largemouth skipping under docks and catching them flipping like you know fans like to see that kind of fishing too yeah, oh, yeah. i know i had some incredible frog blow ups and footage on my on my gopro that you know nobody got to see because i was in the middle of the pack where i definitely shouldn't have right. the guys are finding two small mouth that are in the four four and a half five pound class and catching yeah. a 25 pound stringer off two fish yeah yeah it's bs yeah that whole deal was yeah. bs and that started out with a vague rule which we talked about that well beforehand it started mm-hmm. in february that talks about there's going to be a trouble some trouble coming at cayuga because those small mouth will be on beds and yeah. they are big yeah and people and are going to catch them, and they're aggressive. They're going to bite more than once in a day. So you've got to put – I wanted the word target. Yeah. You can't target that same fish mm-hmm. that day. So you got a big smallmouth bedded on the corner of this dock. Yeah. Well, you know where he is. So mm-hmm. you can go up there and visually whatever, catch him. All right, you catch him, you wind him in. Then now they were saying the way the rule read pretty much, you could – you could catch that fish again as long as you couldn't see it. Right. But you're still targeting that same fish on the corner of that dock. Mm-hmm. Enough cast, you're going yeah. to catch him again. And that's that's where that just totally got out of hand. Yeah, it's just yeah. a gray area. And it's like when you bring that much money, egos, and um, livelihoods on the line, it's almost like a it's almost a better play just to take that out of the equation. And 100%. Just don't, it is. It is. You know, don't even fish it's, a lake where smallmouth are going to be a lot of them on beds. Because then, then even if somebody ain't doing it, because I was watching a score tracker and wasn't even watching live, and I'm seeing a 5-4, a 5-4, a 5-4. I'm like, uh. Yeah, come on. I ain't that dumb. No. You know? Because yeah. <laughs> I, I fish smallmouth all the time. It's the same fish. That's right. Well, you it, know, and it's like, I mean, now even if it ain't happening, everybody's going to be like, you catch a, a fish, it weighs the same. Yeah. Now then everybody's th- looking at you. Exactly. Like, and you catch the ones because I mean it's pounds and ounces. Right, you're going to catch the same weight fish a lot. Right, when you're yeah. catching when you're bumping up out of that average size fish is a two and three quarter. You catch four or five of those a day. Sometimes. That's right. Mm-hmm. But that not those fives. No six six right. twos four thirteens five fours. It uh, like and and I agree with you about the rule about the target, but uh, still everything everything doesn't have to be completely defined because. We all know the spirit of the rule. Totally. And you have to have some integrity. And 
you have to have a tournament director that is willing to call bullshit when he sees it. I agree. As we all know it when we see it. Right. I've spent my life on the water and I know it when I see it. You know it when you see it and Levi knows it when Mm -hmm. he sees it. And you got to have a tournament director that says, I don't care about the definition. You broke the spirit of the rule and we're going to set you down tomorrow. Absolutely. Because you're not going to steal from your fellow competitor. And that's the sad thing about it. I wouldn't I wouldn't do that because I mean, we're all pretty tight. Dude. Right. Any of us out there, I don't want to steal from my friend. Yeah. Right? I don't want to steal from anybody. Right. Saying I don't want to I don't want to jeopardize my integrity yeah. mm-hmm. for anything like that. It's not worth it. Yeah. Not it's, to me it's not. It's not worth it. It's not ra- worth that chance. I'd ra- way rather keep my my buddies that I've made over the years out here than than gang a ten thousand dollar check. Do you think that some of those guys got baited into that? Yes, it was entrapment. Me and Rose sure. have talked about this yeah. many times. Sure. There's some guys that got baited in because you've got a score tracker. You've got your score tracker right here in front of you and you can go, Hell he's caught three five and a half pounders today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know what's going on here. I know yeah. what's going on. Well I haven't went back and recalled any fish. And I've caught a two, a five two, a five four, a four and a half, and I'm eleven ounces out of the cut, and I can call this three twelve with a five. Mm-hmm. And I know right where he's at. And I know right where he's at. So I'm in fourteenth <laughs> place. I'm gonna get bumped up into fifth, and I got twenty minutes to do it. Yeah, like, absolutely. They got yep. entrapped into that because they seen everybody else doing it yeah. with no penalty. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you know some of these guys are doing it. They have cameras. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The saddest part about Cayuga, it was an incredible fishery, an incredible tournament, mm-hmm. and it was action-packed. Guys catching big smallmouth, yes. catching big largemouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but these guys got called out yeah. by the general public. Uh, yeah, that's how obvious it was. Exactly. That's what I was yeah. about to say. There's mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of fans. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many watch. There's a lot of people view that throughout the day mm-hmm. Yeah, that are calling everybody out. Well, they're catching. You can't catch the same fish twice. Right. We can look the rules up. Yeah. They're online. You can't catch the same right. fish twice. That's right. I see the same dock. Yeah. Same. There's a there's a sign yeah. on the dock that says, what the hell ever. Right. And he's, well, Throwing he just caught out. his third five-pounder. Yeah. And yeah. it's been right there within sight of that right. dock. Yeah. So that's the embarrassing part about it. Mm-hmm. They, they, the world's dumbest criminals. Here, watch that show? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's damn dumb. Yeah, I think sometimes yeah. you let emotion and like the heat of the moment blind your ability to see how obviously blatant it was. You know, yeah. like in that situation, because everybody watching is like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, but I think like in archery, we have a like that was brought on like an unsportsmanlike conduct rule and they can throw anything under that. Yeah. And they did this year. You know, and it's like, even if it ain't a spoken rule, if the board finds what you did unsportsmanlike, yes. DQ'd. Mm. And, and, and like y'all a, don't govern by polygraph. No, we govern by people that are peers. And it's a judgment call. It's a Almost judgment like call. balls and strikes. Yeah, you and can't I mean, that's, argue it. No, you can't argue and it. And we don't have that. Right. Yeah. We need that. Russ has yeah. said this since we started mm-hmm. up. You mm-hmm. cannot govern this league mm-hmm. by polygraph. Right, yeah. No. To me, a polygraph is a rug. It's, it's worthless, honestly. It's, it's worthless. It's, it's a Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It's something... Then it can go into a private questioning, right? And it can be swept under the rug, right? Which is the polygraph, yeah. Which I don't agree with right. at all. You like think the they use that as just a fear tactic? Hundred percent. Yeah. Like 
we're hoping people ain't going to do we've something. We've said wrong. it ever since it started. It's yeah. just a threat. You're right. Yeah. Better not lie. The you only not guys. Do anything we'll catch you with this. Yeah. The only guys that have ever been uh, reprimanded after a polygraph test are the ones that admitted they did wrong. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's all. It's just a tool to admit that you right. did wrong. Because they're proven to not be. 100% accurate Back. anyway. So They're not. And the more you take one, the more comfortable you get with it. I I know for a fact I've taken over 100 of them. Yeah. Because I fished weekend tournaments for 12 years before I came out here. So I, yeah. I've taken tons of them. I mean, I've never been nervous at a, going into a polygraph. Hell no. I yeah. mean. And I, I know people that, not, I'm not that's cheated in, uh, in the tournament, but I know people that got out there and smoked pot. And they passed the polygraph. Flying colors. Right. <laughs> 24 pounds. Right. I didn't know. That's Jake a hell of a bag today. Fast fish. Well, I, I didn't actually see them smoking pot. I just know they did all the time. You're talking about weekend guys. <laughs> yes. Okay. Not right. none of our guys, but hell, at this point, the integrity I saw wouldn't surprise Dang, me. Dang, I was going to start guessing which ones it was. <laughs> you tell me. What, what could shock you after what happened there on live yeah. television? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it's like, like with us, there's so many things, and the, the there's so many. When you have that many rules, there's just gray area, where yeah. just like I didn't see that fish, you know. And for us, it's like, like for an example, this year we have, and and some of this stuff we did for years because it wasn't against the rules, mm-hmm. you know. But then when they started bringing out this unsportsmanlike conduct rule. And they can throw anything under the bus. Well, people stop riding the line then. They stop That's bending. It. That's it. You know, when they mm-hmm. can throw anything under unsportsmanlike conduct, shooting out of turn, yes. calling a breakdown when you don't have equipment failure. Like this year, there was a kid, unbelievably talented guy. I think the world of him. I ain't going to call him by name. I think he's a great kid and tons of talent. But he, he got DQ'd at one of the tournaments, and he was in the finals because of the unsportsmanlike conduct rule where we get an equipment failure. One a weekend, we have 45 minutes. You can call it. You don't even have to prove you have something wrong with your bow, but you call breakdown, you leave the range, you got 45 minutes to fix your stuff and come back mm-hmm. once. Well, it was in London, Kentucky, super dark on the range. It's the hardest tournament we have to see. Everybody hates starting there because we start at 7.30 on sun or Saturday. Can't see in the, in the woods. Well, he was like, you know what? I'm going to call breakdown and wait 45 minutes for it to lighten up. Fine and dandy. But he told his group what he was doing. He said, you know what? I can't see. I'm calling breakdown. Left to range. They protested it. It got put in front of the committee. They found it unsportsmanlike and DQ'd him. Yeah. You know? Where if he would have just said, guys, something ain't right. Yeah. I'm leaving. No, I mean, nothing you can ever right. say. Yeah, <laughs> my rest is loose. Exactly. Yeah. But I, that that rule right there is really straightened up a lot of the – yeah. The not rule breaking but bending. I yeah. said exactly the same thing mm-hmm. when all this happened. I said this all can fall back. And we do have that mm-hmm. in the rules sportsmanship. That's right. And that's under the discretion mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. tournament director. Yeah. Right. Well if all of that un- was unsportsmanlike. I mean, Absolutely. It it's was. unsportsmanlike. Yeah. Right. Yep. I, my whole thing was with everything that went down and I mean it's seriously by there mm-hmm. was people talking after this retirement really we're going yeah. to, yes it, it was bad I, i'll just be honest it was it was nasty bad right. mm-hmm. <laughs> so you, you got people that's threatening or wanting to retire because they didn't want to associate and threaten their integrity by being in the group 
Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I was one of them. Yeah. I did. I, at this point, I'm like, do I really want to smear my name? Right. Yeah. In this yeah. same group, and everybody think that hell, Andy mm-hmm. did it. He just didn't get caught doing it. Right. He didn't have a camera. He didn't. He yeah. didn't catch anything while he yeah. was on camera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I just. People. I don't know. I think worst a, when you have a flawed. Image. Yeah, it don't just yeah. hurt the guys that did it. Yeah, oh it no, it's the whole group pays the price, and that's what it, it was so selfish about. Mm-hmm. Several different guys, right. and 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 also there being no penalty right. for committing these type of infractions. Yeah. Right. And, and now some of them are good guys. Oh my, God. maybe all yes, of them. Dude, I just know a couple of them. Man, yes, yeah. And I, honestly, I a couple of them are my close friends. Yeah. You know? And I was like, dang it. Yeah. You know, just watching it because you know how who somebody is. And that's what sucks about mm-hmm. sports and competition. It can change you in a moment. Yeah. Yeah. And show some colors that ain't really you. For sure. You know? mm-hmm. And so Intense. I think, I mean, it was just unfortunate. It was. And I, I you know, I would have said it's blown out of proportion, but it really wasn't. Right. Yeah. It was yeah. bad. And I seen one of the worst. Ash tunes I have ever <laughs> ever heard and saw in my life at one of our meetings after that. Yep. And James Watson gave it. Did he? Drill sergeant, one hundred. Oh, that's right. He was a drill sergeant. Military chewing. Yes. It was a good one. Man, that's so crazy because he's like that funny guy, like yeah. on his Instagram. And he's stuff. fiery. He's fiery. Intense. I would like to have seen that. He lost it. He did. He lost his mind. Yeah, but let me tell you, it was about a three or four minute solid rant, and nothing mm-hmm. that I will ever say <laughs> on any podcast, and it, and it, especially this one. Mm-hmm. But we can't say a whole lot because we can't. We're we've signed a deal. We can't discuss our right. meetings, but it needed to be said. It was a hundred percent straight up, mm-hmm. exactly what needed to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there was two guys got up at the end of that and gave him a standing O. Is Andy Morgan and Russ Lane? I bet everybody in there thought, well, these two guys are jacked. Did the guys that he was talking to or about try to defend themselves? I guess, well, you just said you couldn't talk about well, it. Hey, get us a he's couple more drinks. kind of addressing everybody in as here. a whole. It was about integrity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was a couple yeah. of them he kind of he got on there pretty yeah. good. And they were just trying to make light of the rule mm, and just right, kind yeah. of sidestep. And mm-hmm. Well, they were making it more about the definitions of the rules and ignoring the spirit of right. the rule. Exactly. That, that's exactly the, right. The spirit of the rule is the deal. We, we can define, like I've been on rules committees. I've been, I've been a, on boards and I know this, you can, you can keep defining, redefining rules but all you're doing is splitting hairs because it will never, ever, ever stop. You, you just keep adding, adding words to the definition. At some point, you have to be willing to stop and say, okay, you have to respect the spirit of the rule, and you got That's to so have perfect. a tournament director that enforces the spirit of the mm-hmm. rule under a, under a sportsman-like conduct. Yeah, rule. They, and they, one other thing. We, as a whole, as as almost like a team, all the anglers need to start calling each other out like we're doing right now. I totally we agree need to that. We need to govern ourselves. You if, have to. If nobody else can govern us, <laughs> then we're going to start doing it you ourselves. Remember, or I'm going. Absolutely. You yeah. remember, <laughs> remember what Watson said about it? He said, so, 
<laughs> Invisible bass. He goes, so what now? You can't catch schoolers? Remember one boy yeah, was arguing with That's you. right. So if one schooling comes up and gets your top water, he said, you're trying to totally trash the rule. Right. And that's about, you're exactly yeah. right. You'll never stop. It, you'll the never spirit stop. of the rule. Right. It'll be about schoolers and flying fish and friggin'. Oh, it got out of bounds. Like, yeah. No, he didn't get out of bounds. It was brought up, and, but he straightened it. He put it right back in bounds. Mm-hmm. And that was the end of discussion. Yeah, it was. That was the end of the meeting. He might make a good tournament director one day. Is there any doubt in your mind? No doubt. Hmm. I can tell you this. This wouldn't happen. No. And he would be worth every penny for that league as an investment. Because if you lose your integrity as a league, sponsor money's going to go somewhere else. Right. So but when the my advice the- to all the leagues are, Protect that integrity. Yeah. 100%. It'd be a good investment. Yeah, because you. you're going to lose the trust of the people watching. That's right. And then you lose everything. That's, that's right. A, that's yeah. 100%. When we got back and, to the house that night, yes. we all said, I said, this is the worst thing that's ever happened mm-hmm. in professional bass fishing that I've ever witnessed. Yeah. yeah. Ever. Yeah. And from my standpoint, looking out, it was a like a dang. But it was. it's not something where... I'm like, I'm not going to watch bass fish anymore. And I don't think it would be for anybody yet. But I think if it was a continual thing that doesn't get nipped in the bud. It could be. It could mm-hmm. be. I'm getting text immediately that afternoon by people that spend money mm-hmm. on me mm-hmm. and the league. That's how bad I knew it stung. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it wasn't good. No. But it's, you know, there's nothing more frustrating, too. And it's really, it's, it's on the anglers, but like you said, it's on somebody to enforce the rule. 100%. Right? That's right? Yes. There's nothing more frustrating as a competitor than to play by the rules to a T and watch your competitors bend and break them and nothing get mm-hmm. done about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, totally I mean, right. Like Russ said, we're going to start calling each other out on this right. kind of stuff. Yeah. And there was fish hooked outside the mouth mm-hmm. there, which to me... That's a that's a blatant right yeah. violation. Now that that's is a rule that can be defined, like in totally. The, yeah, you, I mean, if it can be defined, that's even that's even more easy to enforce. Like, yeah, so, but don't do it. So now there's been a rule change with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. Mm-hmm. So now if you're sight fishing, and obviously you're pitching into bed, and you can see the fish, hook the fish, you got him coming, you pick him up to catch him. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. said two and a half pounds, so you're going to catch him until he don't hit the floor. He falls off. He falls off in the floor. Obviously, you can see him coming in. You've got him in the mouth. But if he falls off in the floor before you can show your boat official, guess what? Non, he's throwing back. He's yeah. non-scorable. But here's here's the thing, though, about definitions <laughs> and redefining definitions. Guys are just not going to announce that they see one. I never, I didn't see that. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, but officials usually sitting down, he, they never see them. Well, it's harder to see, even if you're standing on the back of the boat, yeah. you're lower. Right. You don't have that angle. So exactly. So you, you write your definition that makes sense and you don't change it and you stick to the spirit of the rule. And if, and if it's a situation where you can see that, you know, that you know it when you see it. And tournament angler knows it when he sees it. If he sees that guy do that, fish comes off in the boat now, I'm, you got to throw him back. If mm-hmm. you don't throw him back, you're going to sit out tomorrow. Yeah. Period. Sit on the mm-hmm. bank. Yeah. yeah. Right. You're done. Right. Yeah. Well, and this mm-hmm. has been a thorn in bass fishing side mm-hmm. since day one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sight fishing and the integrity and 
people catching fish outside the mouth was yeah. the biggest deal. Mm-hmm. And it's been, I can remember it. I remember it in bass, FLW, now MLF. Yeah. It's just not new. Right. Just the violation was caught by the general public. Mm-hmm. That was, that's the new thing. Yeah. I can yeah, remember it saying two years ago, a bunch of them got DQ'd because they were idling, looking in practice. Yeah. Running their big engine, looking in practice. And that was kind of, thought that was a little vague, but it, mm-hmm. it ended up being, it was in the rule. It was. Mm-hmm. And they, heck, they DQ'd some high profile guys. Cost yeah. one of them AOI. Yeah. Mm. And it was, uh, it was something like then, like, you know, back, you know, then we weren't like quite as innovative as we are now. And it wasn't that long ago. It was in, uh, 2010, maybe. Probably. Oh, what was, was that 10. like to fish <laughs> when dinosaurs were on I Earth? knew that was coming. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, it was actually unbelievable. Yeah. It wasn't, I'm, it wasn't 10, it was six. It was the first year of the elite. <laughs> But we weren't as innovative then. Like oh, things are things are rolling fast now. Yeah. So it wasn't no the rules probably didn't get read as much back then. True. So it was something that wasn't yeah. that I don't think anybody that got DQ in that tournament, I don't think it was they were intentionally breaking the rule. I don't no. think they knew they were breaking the rule. I don't rule. think yeah. they the, because no, of or, the guys a that couple they of, caught. A hundred percent. A couple yes. of them just didn't know you couldn't do that. They didn't know. And a handful did. Right. And they yeah. got turned in. Yeah. You can't do that. But the guys that got turned in and, hey, did you do this? Yep. Well, you're DQ'd. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. They kept their integrity. Yeah. Cost them the tournament. Cost them a lot of money. Moved on. But guess what? Well, mistakes happen. Exactly. Absolutely. Own up to it. Just own it. Nobody nobody filed a lawsuit against anybody. It was was all good. It's just part of the the game. Yes. I've been thrown out of baseball games before. I mean, it's. I mean, oh, I'm it shocked. Happens. I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody ever charge a mound on you? Twice. Twice. Yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it had to be a little fun. Did it end well for them or? No. No. <laughs> I'd like to see that. No. Big Daddy. We're gonna no. want to look that up on YouTube. See if I can promise you, I've never had my ass whooped on a baseball field. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I can promise. You. <laughs> why did they? Why did they charge the mound? Because I threw at them. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> was this a coach call or a big daddy call? This is my call. I'll never forget, dude. I was in Springfield. Uh, <laughs> there was this guy. Oh, he was a first baseman. He was a giant. I couldn't believe this guy went in the big leagues. And uh, I was getting drummed. Well, he had already hit a bomb off of me um, about two innings before. He comes back up. It's like I say I was getting drunk. It was like four to nothing or whatever. And he's taking daddy hacks off of me. I, I ain't I ain't fooled him at all. Well, I threw him a fastball down the middle and he just bare he just he just fouls it straight back. So he's on it. He's on it. And it was my best fastball I had. I was like, Well, I gotta I gotta make him feel as uncomfortable as I feel right now. <laughs> so I buzzed him and uh, and it wasn't like it wasn't like at his chin or anything, but it was probably at his letters. That big joker come running out there, and uh, the whole bench is cleared. It was it was, it was sketchy because he was huge. <laughs> <laughs> One of them chuckling owls where you <laughs> you counter punch and back it up. I duck dived and dodged <laughs> and got out of it. And, you know. Oh shoot! Yeah. But to answer your question, Levi, it's been an interesting year. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's you know what? Maybe it's a learning experience. I hope 
you know, that's about all you can, you know, do it, with it, it at this point. It definitely has been. And yeah. I do think bass fishing, the leagues, multiple leagues have mm -hmm. learned from this. Yeah. Just hope they're right. They, <laughs> they engage the sportsmanship rule and they, and they grow with some balls. And, yeah, for and sure. Make the call. So. For sure. And I think, you know, it's on to, to greener pastures now. It's fall hunting season. Yes. Yeah. No more directors, no more meetings, no more lectures. Mm -hmm. I know you're glad. Good Lord have glad. mercy. The thing I think us three are all most looking yeah. forward to. From this about June on, woods. it's survival mode it till yeah. September. Our, yeah. our, my, our, our saying, us three for sure, avoid dying. <laughs> one, one more year give us one more year one to more hunt season. and, and we'll, yep. we'll take it from there well it's here guys thank you for coming and sitting in here and talking to me a little bit it's been fun yeah, enjoyed it as here. always i enjoyed the whole day today yeah good stuff as frustrating as it was yeah i'm glad it's over we've yeah. learned a lot <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go get in a pool and hang out with the boys and call it a day let's Sounds do it good. all right